Ademai, welcome to the final Cross-Shaped Community Podcast. My name is Ken Kite, and in this series we've been hearing how Baptist churches have gone about keeping unity during testing times. We began the series with Greg Liston, who helped us expand our understanding of cross-shaped community as we interacted with ideas from his upcoming book, Kingdom Come. Then we heard from some pastors describing how they went about keeping church unity during the divisive COVID-19 vaccination pass mandates at the end of 2021. Pastors Steve Worsley of Mount Albert Baptist, Gareth and Andy Davies of Kumu Baptist, and Neil Baker of the Auckland Baptist Tabernacle, and the churches all responded differently according to what was appropriate for their context. Yet in each interview, we heard examples of what I call cross-shaped community and how they went about keeping unity in their churches. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to suggest some spiritual practices to help us in the journey of living cross-shaped lives in cross-shaped community. In the first podcast, you may remember that I gave a three-point working definition of cross-shaped community. We began with that. Now that we've reached the end of the series, I want to return to this definition to see if we can improve upon it in light of what we've learned from the chat with Greg and the interviews with Steve, Gareth and Andy and Neil. The discussion with Greg Liston helped me see that cross-shaped community involves a lifetime of learning and practicing over and again that often involves suffering. Here's what Greg said about that. This, This is a verse that I spent an awful lot of time thinking about. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 talks about how Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. That's just an extraordinary thing to be able to say. Firstly, that Jesus learned things, which we usually don't think about Jesus in that sort of sense. We sort of say, oh, he was was perfect all the way, so he didn't have to learn stuff. So Jesus learned things, but how did he learn things? He learned things through suffering, through, through being rejected by his friends through having the pharisees and other leaders having not wanting anything to do with him do you know what i mean through through the things that he suffered he learned the obedience that made him i guess the true son of the father in the sense that that made that made him able to be able to reflect who he truly was yeah which is this um wonderful amazing son of god become human and I guess the insight out of that is simply that Jesus, the, the way that Jesus learned obedience is the way that we learn obedience as well. That we yeah. learn obedience through things going wrong, things going yeah. wrong yeah. externally in the sense of, uh, you know, the world imposing difficulties on us or, or things becoming difficult as a, as a church, but also things going wrong within the church you know when we butt up against each other Mm. and we find people that we disagree with or we just don't like or those kinds of things that sort of suffering that enables us to grow and to learn obedience so in the same way that jesus learned obedience we learn obedience it's it's through suffering but not just through suffering it's through obedient suffering through choosing to honor god in the midst of those difficult times in light of this I want to add a fourth point to the definition of cross-shaped community. Here it is. Cross-shaped habits are learned over a lifetime of persevering through the trials and triumphs of cross-shaped relating to God and to each other. You may remember, I hope, (laughs) 
that my initial definition of cross-shaped community included practicing, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the cross-shaped patterns of faithful obedience, self-giving love, power in weakness, and transformative hope that Jesus exemplified in his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, described by Paul in Philippians 2, 6-11. But Greg added two further dimensions to how we develop cross-shaped community. Here's what he said about that. When I was thinking about it and trying to explore in scriptures how these happen, uh, it seems to me there were three key components of it. The first one is imagination. We want our imagination to be soaked with this idea of um, the future is going to be like this. And so rather than being, what is it, you know, they talk about having your your, your mind consumed by the, the, the by and by, you know, this person who's so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly use. Yeah. I just want to say that's, that's our utter rubbish. You know, <laughs> we want our minds to be consumed with what heaven is and what heaven is going to be like so that we have this dream of I am that kind of person. I'm a kingdom person. I'm a I'm a person of you know of life, of truth, of love, of hope. I'm I'm that kind of person, and I and I long to be part of that community. That's the first the first part yeah. is imagination. Yeah. The second part is practice. I want to do things now that yeah. help me practice to be that kind of person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this is probably where your stuff comes yeah. in really yeah. well in terms of you know I want to learn how to treat people in a way that's going to be like what it's going to be like in the kingdom and as i do that there's going to be times when i do it really well and i'm going to think yes i'm growing and this is fantastic and there's going to be times when i do it really really awful and they're also going to help me because then they motivate me through the spirit to say hey something to be able to work on something to be able to grow on and even in our church lives and i think particularly in our church lives you know as we as we come together and we rub up against each other this we see our our coming together as church as practicing for what the kingdom is going to be like so we're listening to sermons why because we want to learn how to listen to the voice of god you know what we we sing and we worship together why do we do that because we're practicing for the coming community kingdom where we're going to worship all day and every day it's going to be awesome and so all of this is practice you know so we're doing these things in order to practice so imagination practice and the last one is presence is that i think for all of our effort It doesn't make any difference if the presence of the Spirit and the presence of the King, Jesus, is actually there. That actually enables transformation. So it's the recognition of the presence and the ability to, um, I guess, lean into that presence. So that's the hardest one and the most wishy-washy one to be able to define, but it's probably the most important. That It's actually the genuine presence of the Spirit that enables actual transformation. Yes. So it seemed to me it was the interplay of those three things, imagination, presence, and practice, that sort of transforms us towards the community that we're heading towards. So I'm adding a fifth point to further expand the definition of cross-shaped community. Cross-shaped community advances as we imagine the kingdom come while we worship and fellowship and as we bring Jesus' presence into resolving our problems and conflicts. From the interview with Steve Worsley, we heard what I think was a great example of cross-shaped role modelling in the way Steve and his leadership team went about listening and responding to people in their church with differing views about using vaccine passes for church gatherings. Here's an example of that. Inviting the most affected to meetings uh, Mm. where they can be heard and their ideas can, um, for a way forward, can be added to the possibility. So recognising that we had quite a big group of people who were unvaccinated 
to to meet regularly with those people at you know at the key turning point, should I say, so that if decisions were made that were contrary to what those folk would want, at least they know why. Uh, but in those meetings, I think hearing people's stories was just hugely instructive. I mean, I think I drew closer relationally with a number of folk just by hearing their, their stories, and and I had a lot of empathy for their point of view. And then also, yeah, getting them to contribute. So, what do you think we should do? You know, obviously we've got this dilemma, and and some of the suggestions were particularly helpful, and you know, and that added some energy from a group that might otherwise be ostracised to some of the things we did. Now, I paint it like that, it might sound like everything went swimmingly, it didn't. (laughs) From the interview with Gareth and Andy Davies, we heard the high priority their church placed on prayer and listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying through one another. Here's a couple examples of that. And I was actually doing the prayer course around the same time, Mm. and one of the focuses in that goes through the Lord's Prayer is God's will be done. And so I started talking a lot about that in conversations that were getting really difficult and one-sided, saying, you know, do you believe in this, that God's will be done? Mm. And, and most Christians would be like, amen. Yeah. And then we have a great conversation <laughs> about what that actually means <laughs> and how hard that is. And, and so that, that changing that focus is still an ongoing journey and an ongoing mm. journey for us too. It's, yeah. it's not just something that comes easy. Um, but yeah, keeping our eyes on Christ rather than on um, our position, whatever yeah. position or whatever yeah. topic, because we recognise that okay, so vaccination is the topic of the month, but there's yeah. going to be another one. Yeah. So how do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus yeah, in this time? Yeah. yeah. What comes to mind is just how much the way that we do our church business meetings has actually undergirded this mm-hmm. it's given us a pattern yeah. um, like I said before you know how we can have this discussion and then we come to this point of prayer where we're submitting the whole thing to the Lord yeah. we're yeah. laying it down and we're kind of going into that saying well we think we know what, what, what we would have here but what would you have and, and then in that agreeing to what we are hearing and moving forward in that it's been we've seen it multiple times before the pandemic where there's just been so much diverse opinion goes back and forth and then we pray and what comes out of that prayer time we just can't deny that God's been speaking this thing to this person and this thing to this other person but there's this common thread of what he's saying to all of us yeah and so we're we're able to move forward there might be some of us that grieve more for what is laid down in that Mm. um but we can we can still move forward in agreement So I'm going to add a sixth point to the growing definition of cross-shaped community. Cross-shaped reconciliation is made easier when modelled by church leaders with prayer and attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying through everyone in the church. From the interview with Neil Baker, we heard how they reframed the divisive issue of the vaccine pass mandate around a common commitment to Christ and to caring for each other. Here's what he said about that. And one of the things that we did at that church members meeting, we actually brought a motion to our church members and we took a bit more time to explain our heart and our intent for people to affirm that motion. So I'd like to read it to you because I think it does capture our heart on this matter. So this was how the motion read. 
With the COVID-19 protection framework now a legal requirement, the church members acknowledge the implications this will have on some members of our church whānau and wider community who have chosen not to be vaccinated. It is not our desire to see anyone adversely impacted by this government mandate and we will be doing everything in our power to ensure we remain as one church and offering support to all who call the tabernacle their church home. For the sake of the health and safety of our church family and especially the vulnerable among us, our children, our seniors and those with health issues and for the sake of the common good, our responsibilities to the laws of New Zealand and our witness to Christ, the members hereby affirm their support for the tabernacle to follow the provisions of the COVID-19 protection framework. So that was the motion that we put to our members and which was affirmed again overwhelmingly by our members. With that in mind, I'm adding a seventh and final point to our more comprehensive definition of cross-shaped community. Cross-shaped community involves reframing divisive issues around the gospel of Christ who faithfully served God by giving up his life for others and who invites us to do the same. So now that we've finally reached the end of this Cross-Shaped Community podcast series, I'd like to now offer some suggestions to help you and your church whānau on your journey toward the cross-shaped kingdom come. First, a movie to watch. How hard can that be? Have you seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood on Netflix? It's a biographical drama about Fred Rogers, played by Tom Hanks. Fred Rogers is the children's TV show icon who meets a troubled journalist who's been assigned to do a profile on him for Esquire magazine. The movie is based on the 1998 article by Tom Junod called Can You Say Hero? Have a watch or rewatch of this quirky but highly acclaimed movie, but watch it with your cross-shaped glasses on. To help you put your cross-shaped glasses on, take a pen and paper and draw up four columns with the headings Faithfulness, Self-Giving Love, Power and Weakness, and Transformative Hope. Every time you notice any of those cross-shaped patterns in the behaviour of the characters, particularly Fred Rogers, put a tick in the column of the matching behaviour pattern. But also, whenever you notice the opposite of cross-shaped behaviour being practiced, particularly by Lloyd Vogel, the journalist, put an X in the appropriate column that the behaviour is the opposite of. When I did this exercise, I found many instances of cross-shaped behaviour in the actions of Fred Rogers and several instances of uncross-shaped behaviour in Lloyd Vogel. Interestingly, Fred Rogers was a theologically trained and ordained Presbyterian minister who back in 1951 realised that TV was a fabulous tool for nurturing those who would watch and listen. I'm suggesting this exercise as a fabulous tool for helping us recognise cross-shaped behaviour so we can practice it ourselves. We can also do the same with our Bible reading. Whenever you read the Bible, keep an eye out for cross-shaped behaviour patterns by putting your cross-shaped glasses on, particularly by Jesus in the Gospels, but also in the teachings about him in the New Testament letters. You may be surprised at how often these cross-shaped behaviour patterns of faithful obedience, self-giving love, power and weakness and transformative hope occur in the Bible. But most important of all, 
is not only noticing cross-shaped behavior in others and in the Bible, but practicing it ourselves. There's an ancient Ignatian spiritual practice called Daily Examine that I think can help us with this. The Daily Examine is a technique of prayerful reflection on the events of the day in order to detect God's presence and discern his direction for us. I'm suggesting a cross-shaped version of examine, in which you pay particular attention to how you may or may not have practiced cross-shaped behavior during the day gone by. Here's how cross-shaped examine would go. First of all, take a moment to become aware of God's presence. Second, review the day in your mind, giving thanks for whenever you experienced any of the cross-shaped patterns being shown by someone else toward you. Then review the day again, this time giving thanks for the moments when you showed any of the cross-shaped patterns towards others. Then review the day a third time, remembering the moments when you failed to display faith, love, power and weakness or hope toward others. Ask God to forgive you for your lack of cross-shaped behaviour. Choose one particular cross-shaped or non-cross-shaped moment in the day and pray for this and for those involved. Finally, look ahead to tomorrow and ask the Holy Spirit to help you make the most of every opportunity you'll be given to practice the cross-shaped patterns of faith, love, power and weakness and hope. Now that we've reached the end of this Cross-Shaped Community podcast series, I'd like to close by returning to our more comprehensive definition of cross-shaped community arising from our interviews over this series. Here goes, beginning with the initial definition that we had. Cross-shaped community is formed upon the life, death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ and is formed by his gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. Cross-shaped community practices distinctive Christ-like patterns of faithful obedience, self-giving love, power and weakness, and transformative hope. Cross-shaped community represents Jesus and his coming kingdom to the world. These are the three points from the definition we started with. Now for the additional parts of the definition from our interviews. Cross-shaped habits are learned over a lifetime of persevering through the trials and triumphs of cross-shaped relating to God and to each other. Cross-shaped community advances by imagining the kingdom come as we worship and fellowship and as we bring Jesus' presence into resolving our problems and conflicts. Cross-shaped reconciliation is made easier when modelled by church leaders with prayer and attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying through everyone in the church. Cross-shaped community involves reframing divisive issues upon the gospel of Christ, who faithfully served God by giving up his life for others, and who invites us to do the same. So may the Lord help us all to live cross-shaped lives in cross-shaped community with one another, so that our witness to Jesus and his coming kingdom may be brightened in the world. Thank you for listening to this Cross-Shaped Community podcast series. Na mihi nui.